Thanks for listening to the best of the Odd Couple podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern, 4 to 7 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Odd Couple at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to the best of the Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and Rob Parker. It's obvious what the lead is today. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The NFL has suspended Calvin Ridley, the wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, for all of next season, at least, it could be longer, uh, for gambling on NFL games. Now, here's what the story says, all the stories, that when he was away from the team, remember he went away, he had a non-football injury. And, yeah, mental health. And he had mental, he wanted to, yeah, right. mental health issues. And while he was away during a five-game stretch in November, the league is saying he gambled on games. <laughs> not on Falcons games. Um, according to them, you know. I thought no, the no, Falcons game, game was, was it one of them? No, in a parlay? It was a parlay. Oh, no, you're right. It did right? include the Falcons to uh, yeah, win. You're right. That was you're a right. big thing. It that, was a parlay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so th- um, and the Falcons were included in that. He bet on them to win, but right. they were included. But he still in was it. included in the parlay. Right. That, that's, just remember that point. That's right. what we want to talk about. Remember and he, uh, he said on Twitter after the suspension, apparently he cooperated with the league, and he tweeted this out, Rob, um, that he bet $1,500 total. And he said, I don't have a gambling problem. So there you have it. What are your thoughts? All right. I'm the different guy in the room. I think the NFL should allow players to gamble on football. Wow. I know, Chris, people that are going to say, like, totally I'm crazy. The grain. Right. But, but I do believe this because as we go forward, I, here's the problem I have. The NFL is in bed with gambling. Come on, stop. They're in bed. It's all out there, Chris. It's legal in a lot of states. Your fans can bet. They're talking about having gambling apparatuses in the, in the stadiums eventually, right? You could bet during the game. All kinds of stuff. And all I'm saying is you can't be against gambling, but take the gambling houses money. You, you can't. It's either I don't think they're against gambling. No, but but what I'm saying players and coaches and executives. Games. Okay, but but this is what I'm saying. It's still and here's my issue. I know people say, well, players can't gamble. They they already have. I want it to be Chris above board. Players can gamble as long as they don't gamble on their own team. If you even get to bu- win, you can't even bet nope, on your team. No, not to win. win. Nothing. As long as you stay away from your own team, I'm cool with that. If if you have a buy. And or whatever, I'm just saying. You have a say. You have a buy. You're not even playing that Sunday. And I want to put down a couple of shekels on Green Bay and and Kansas City and the Chargers in a parlay. And I'm not playing. I, I don't see where there's an issue. If you're giving out inside information to people, if you're doing gambling on your own team, and then you come down hard on those people. So as we go forward, Chris. When plays are made or not made, people are going to be like, did he, did he bet on this game? Did you see that? 
Do you? Why do you think? I don't think that though. I I, I think as you go why? forward, like, because because it was the same way after the Tim Donahue in the NBA, people started going. The referees. I'm not saying that it's all happening. But Donaghy was definitely cheating and influencing games. I I, I just yeah, but I I just think make it above board so that people aren't in the slippery slope, and then they don't have to hide it. You know, keep keep standards, Chris. Have uh put together a gambling task force who's working with casinos and and looking for bets, looking for money coming from players. You know, and 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 police it. And this way you can just say gambling's a thing that's legal now in most states in the United States and eventually will be in all states. And as long as they don't cheat or bet on their team, and when I mean cheat, give up information to other people or whatever, then – You that, mean like players on other teams? No, yeah. Because like, like, that's, that's one of the fears is that players and obviously executives, coaches, et cetera – no, you have can't inside you, information. You can't exchange information at all. That that's that would be you can't. You can't call your friend who plays for the Dolphins and say, "Hey, you know what? Uh Ryan's not not playing. He's really hurt and I know the spread's going to is the same and they don't know and they got him as doubtful or whatever. I'm telling you he ain't playing. We're going to lose this game or whatever. Those kind of conversations can't happen. But I I believe Chris the NFL's in bed with gambling, and they might as well police the players, make everything above board, and stop playing this game. Because, Chris, people will gamble on football, including football players. And do you want a mess of guys getting busted, guys getting suspended for a year? That's what you. And then every story, big stories, will be about some player getting busted, and 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 that'll overtake. Uh, what you're talking about. And you don't want that. You don't want that. That's me. Yeah, I mean, my my gut feeling is I'm against that. Um, But I'm not going to totally dismiss what you said out of hand just because, you know, we've all been conditioned uh, to just feel like you shouldn't allow athletes or anyone affiliated with teams and sports to gamble, Um, which I get. Um, I think I'm fine with this one-year suspension some might say, oh, we only bet $1,500. But I think they need to send a message. Right now, the rule is you can't gamble. And so they need to send a message, a harsh message, so that other players are like, man, I'm not, you know, ruining my season, losing a season of my career because I bet $1,500, $2,000, whatever it is. It's not going to be comparable to your salary. So I, I'm fine with the year-long suspension. Um, like I said, my gut, I, I wouldn't say let's have players gamble. I don't have a problem with the league, you know, being partners with gambling. We just understand everybody can't do certain things. If you're a player in the league for the integrity of the game and just being a player, just being a coach, just being an executive, you do have inside information that fans – and everybody else betting doesn't have. Let, let me it's say as this simple as that. Even about quick. opponents, even about opponents, you'll have it. Because I cause, do feel. Here's what I, I, okay. I'll say before you go, Rob. I do agree with you that not so much because the league is in bed with with gambling, although that's a factor. I think just the fact that society now is so much more open to gambling and is so much more accepted. 
that athletes will be it, it can become part of their lifestyle. And then because it's part of their lifestyle, it can easily bleed over into the sport they play. So that's where I think the NFL that the challenge is at. It's not just that this sport in the NFL is in bed with gambling. I just think these guys live in society. Society is more open to it. They've got a ton of money. They they may want the thrill of gambling. And uh, so that's what's tempting to the to the athletes. And all I'm going to say is, I see on Twitter people saying, why would you risk $11 million contract on betting $1,500? Chris, every gambling commercial has a thing about, if you have a problem with gambling, you know, call this number. In this state, call this number. In this state, because it becomes one of those things that's very contagious and people can't stop and people will bet their, their, their mortgage money and all kinds of stuff. Addictive. Thinking, yes, it's very addictive. And, and all I'm saying is, I think the NFL should get ahead of this, not worry about it going forward. And once you let players know, do not give up information. And if you gamble on your own team, it's a wrap. Like, but like, if they if if they're gonna follow that rule, why wouldn't they follow the rule? Just no gambling. Period. If we find out you're gambling on any NFL games, you're suspended for the year. If it hits a certain threat, you're or second time, you're out. You're not coming back. Like. What about that? Chris, let me ask you a question. Just one question. You think Ridley's the only guy who gambled on football? I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. No, I'm I mean, asking you. I'm just not, asking but you. But I have okay. no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. Okay. But probably I'm just saying, not. But who knows? I'm saying it's going on it's already. Speculation. It's going on it's already. Speculation. And as more know that. Stones, and as more I mean, states open up. I mean, we assume that, but that's speculation. I, I, I feel good about my, my guess. Okay, but that, that's, that's not a fact. That's not I a didn't fact. say it was a fact, but I believe it. So I, I believe know. that I believe that others that one guy is betting on football. No, because there was a player in 2019. What was his name? Crowder or who got busted too? Right, right. But it, it, I I agree with you. If if it becomes a ton of players and every few months of players being busted, several players a year, then you're right in that the game people will start questioning certain plays and stuff. Be sure to catch live editions of The Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and Rob Parker weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Mike check. Hey. Mike check. Hey. Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game? What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. And let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move. And tap in with me on KJ Live, wherever get your podcast from all right our next guest is a hip-hop legend one of the best ever grabbed the mic also an actor producer founder of a basketball league that is doing tremendously we welcome in our man ice cube what's up brother yo yo yeah yeah what's happening with you how you doing we good, man. It's it's great to have you on the air for sure. Look, we're going to bring you into a conversation Rob and I were just having. Quickly want your thoughts. You you may have seen now Calvin Ridley, the wide receiver for the Falcons, was suspended or expelled or suspended, suspended for, for a year. Right, right. Because of gambling. He gambled on some games. 
Rob thinks they should make gambling legal for players. Now, now you obviously couldn't bet on your own team, and you but that you should be able to bet around right. the league. What, what are your thoughts on that? I don't like it. You know, I think, uh, you know, you do this plan. You know, y'all making y'all money plan. You know, leave it at that. If you want to bet, bet on a whole nother sport. I don't mind that. But but betting on your own sport, I'm not with that. See, here's my all. issue. Is that they're already, like, like, I don't have the numbers, but Ridley's not the only guy betting on football. They've already had two suspensions with two guys. Another guy in 2019. My point is, make it above board because the league is in bed with gambling. Just, just make it above board and monitor it so that you don't get players caught in this web. You know how addictive gambling is. Yeah, but I, I think, you know, it got to be a line. You got to draw a line. You know, I don't think players need to be gambling on the sport that they're playing, you know, because, um, you know, you say, all right, you can bet on this. You can bet on other teams. You can't bet on your team, and then you find out a guy's betting on his own games. Um <clears throat> So, you know, right back where you started. So, at the end of the yeah. day, I'm like, bet, you can bet on any other sport but your own. Yeah, I'm with you. I lean more with you, with you, Cube. Um, look, we saw the Rams just won the Super Bowl. Um, and, you know, look, the parade wasn't really all that well attended. Let's put it that way. Um, where are you? I mean, we all remember. Nothing, nothing's been – Nothing's been that well attended, uh, <laughs> you know, lately in the last two years. It, it, but but it was pretty. It was pretty sparse. Yeah, but I, look, we yeah. all know. We all re, we have images of you and NWA with the Raiders caps and all that. I mean, where are mm-hmm. you at? Were you? It seems like the city is still more pro Raiders than pro Rams. Is that fair? Are you a Raiders fan? Um, you know, how did you, you guys in L.A., I mean, the Rams were in L.A. when I was, we were growing up. But y'all, are y'all, why were you guys more and why do you think the city seems to be more with the Raiders than the Rams, even to this day to some extent? Um, well, I mean, I, I just think you got more diehard Raider fans in L.A. You know, but that being said, I don't think the Rams did a great job to promote the parade, you know, it, it, they kind of snuck it in, in a way. I didn't even know it was happening. So, you know, I just think they could have did a better job at trying to pump the city up to come out. Um, but I think the city, you know, we hadn't had a football team here in 20 years, so people start liking other teams, not just the Raiders, but people start liking teams all over the country because when you don't have a team – they show you every game. So right. um, that's pretty much what, what happened. And, and, you know, in L.A., you got a lot of transplants. You got a lot of people from other parts of the country moving here. So they got the teams that they, you know, left or grew up on. So, you know, L.A. is kind of a different animal. But I, I think, you know, with this championship, they gained a lot more fans. So, you know, next year I think it's just going to, you know, the fever of the Rams is going to pick up. You Let know, me ask you about year oh, sorry. sorry about that. I was going to ask you about the Lakers. We know LeBron had the big game 
Saturday night against the Warriors, uh, you know, uh, spectacular. People were thrilled, but the Lakers have really. I mean, if he has to score 56 points to win and <laughs> right. you know, it's like, how many of them can we count on? And that's what you I'm saying. Like, that, like, that's, the, that's the, the part that's so scary that, that he had to have a, a night like that to win. Yeah, it is scary. Um, you know, we got a lot of rich dudes on our team, man, you know, and they. And they, they chilling. You know, they, 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 they chilling. They chilling a little bit. You know, <laughs> it's like when you when you got so many good players, you might come out and say, well, you know, it's going to be his night or his night or I'm going to take it easy. And, you know, I, I, I don't think we could do that. You know, at the end of the day, everybody got to just play. They got to play hard. They got to play like, you know, uh, they think they're going to lose from the tip. And so – they can't just wait to the, you know, till they, you know, get to the fourth quarter and then start trying to play hard. Now, Q, you, um, of course, uh, founded a basketball league, three on three, called the Big Three. This will be your fifth season. It starts June eighteenth, and I saw a tweet of yours uh, last month when the XFL and the NFL announced that they were collaborating on some things, and you, um. You you would like to do that with the NBA. Tell us what kind of things you would you think you know the big three in the NBA could partner on, and uh, if there's any traction yet on anything like that. Well, you know, I just think it's great that the NFL and the XFL that's uh, ran by the Rock um, can work out a deal. You know, why can't? The NBA and the Big Three ran by Ice Cube. You know what's the right. what's the issue? I, I think there's definitely uh, room. You know we're a complementary league. We don't start till till after the finals, and and we end right before the NFL. So you know it's it's real competitive basketball in the summer. I know the NBA has the summer league. You know, but after the first few games, you know, those games are pretty much, you know, scrimmages. So, you know, this is real competition in the summer. Three-on-three is bigger than five-on-five around the world. You know, so we have the the biggest league in the world when it comes to three-on-three. Best. I ain't going to say the biggest. FIBA, you know, been around. Right. 40 years, but I'm just saying we have the best, best competition, best players. And, you know, they're plucking players from our league here and there, you know, for the NBA and the the G League. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think our league is a great Petri dish to, to try out things that they may implement in the NBA like they've done already with some of our you know, yeah. I've seen, so, what are some of the things they've taken? What are some of the things you've seen that they've taken from the big three? Well, you know, I've seen them, you know, go from a twenty-four second shot clock, you know, on a on an out of bounds play that that stays with the offense to a fourteen second shot clock. That's that was ours when we started in twenty seventeen. So, to me, that was good. You know, we was first on mental health, CBD. Um, you know, we was first on, uh, 
you know, four-point shot. Um, you know, they're taking our our rules, you know, in the All-Star games, letting the guys pick right. their own players, uh, going to a set limit. You know, I think they even went to 50 on some of the games this year, yep. which is our yep. benchmark. Um, One-shot free throws, I believe they implemented that in the G League, although I'm not sure, you know. That should be implemented in the in the real NBA, but it's probably uh probably won't. But but you know, I just think you know we we're innovative. You know, we we can move the game forward, but, which um, we are. You know, right. with or without the NBA. But you know, it'd be nice to work together. It seems natural because yeah. I mean, obviously, you got a lot of ex NBA players, so it does seem like a natural. You playing in NBA arenas, you know. Yeah, and you know, and we we we've gotten younger, you know, so we got players as young as twenty two, so you know, they may have overlooked some talent or, or just seeing guys being able to play the three on three game at a high level could, you know, open it up. We've had GMs and owners at our games, uh, scouting no doubt. Uh so, you know, let I me ask you this quickly, Stu, yeah. before you go. Uh, we got about a minute. What did you think it was a big deal to halftime show, you know, in L.A., Dr. Dre, Snoop, Kendrick Lamar, all them? What did you think of the show? And also, I mean, I know everybody's wondering, well, why wasn't Cube there? And why? So why weren't you there? And what did you think of the show? I think the show was great. You know, I think everybody got busy. Did what they were supposed to do. It was entertaining the whole way through, um, and you know it, it kept having surprises. So I just think it was a great show. Um, you know, those was most most of those artists was under Dre and had been under Dre from you know recently, and and you know I, I just think it was it was a situation where it wasn't enough. Spots. It just wasn't enough, uh, you know, spots to be for everybody to be able to get a little just do. So, you know, I wasn't tripping. I always felt like when I do the Super Bowl, it's gonna be an Ice Cube show. So, you know, I was uh, I was happy to, to to kick back and watch it and enjoy it, and uh, you know, wait for my moment. All right, man. I hear you on that. Well, thank you Appreciate for joining you. us. Make sure y'all check out the Big Three this year, June 18th. Another great season. It's fifth year. And uh, Q, man, thank you. Keep keep hope alive on your Lakers. Uh, I know it's, it's rough. <laughs> Don't worry right about now, it. But... You know, it, it, it's it's hard to play with, with all them rings on. They need to take some of them rings <laughs> off. And maybe they can shoot the ball a little better. So. All right. Well, well, well put. Well put. <laughs> all right, brother. Yeah, Thanks, yeah. man. Peace. All right, no problem. Later. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Lamar Jackson was there, Rob. And he said, uh, he was talking, you know, obviously he's he's a quarterback and he's black. And uh, they got into the discussion of black quarterbacks. And is there still a stigma or even a pushback? to having black quarterbacks. Here's what they said. The truth is, there's a lot of history 
with them not wanting black guys to play quarterback. In football? You know, yeah. Tons of history. It started with, oh, they can't think quick enough. This, this Like, this is going way back, 70s, 80s, and it's still, it's dying off. Every day, y'all give me more reasons to. It's dying off, but it's still there. It's still there. That's why I need that championship. That's why I need that championship. All right, so the first voice, the most prominent one you heard was Maverick Carter, LeBron James' business partner. And uh, then LeBron weighed in, and, and Le- Le- Lamar jumped in at the end, uh, not very with much conviction, in my opinion, but he jumped in and said, it's still there. That's why I need that championship. Um, obviously, Rob, we've talked about it. I mean, if, not just quarterbacks. It started with we couldn't play center. Uh, any of the thinking positions, right? Middle linebacker, um, safety even at times, um, and then, of course, quarterback. Uh, but I got to be honest, I think now, now may, maybe, is there still perhaps some prejudice here and there? Sure. That that's that that may always be around. Just, yeah, I don't think life. that it totally went right. away. But right, but I, to I, the I, point I, where of any significance, Rob, I'd have to say no. Let me give you a few numbers. I, I had to push back and say no. Let's, we, there's going to be at least 10 starting quarterbacks next year. There's been several number one uh, draft picks who were black quarterbacks. Jameis Winston, um, one of them. Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, another. Um, and then this year, Rob, the guy who's now viewed as the, the top quarterback, Malik Willis out of Liberty. What you talking not, about, Not Willis? a powerhouse, not a football powerhouse. He's African-American. Next year, you got Bryce Young, who just won the Heisman out of Alabama, and C.J. Stroud, who I actually like better, out of Ohio State, they view right now as the top two quarterback prospects, both African-American. I, I, I don't think it exists to any significant degree now. And Lamar even threw in, that's why I got to win that chip. Well, obviously, we remembered, Rob, Doug Williams was the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. And destroyed the Super Bowl numbers, Chris. Remember yes. that? That was the— Dude, was he had an unbelievable second quarter, put up some numbers we had never seen in the he Super Bowl. He was like Bowl. a Hall of Famer in that game. Yeah, Doug Williams yeah. was a that was it was that was a great. It just was, Chris. If you were African American for all those years, yeah. where they kind of said black guys couldn't play quarterback, and then to get into the biggest game of the year and and destroy and remember records. when the, some somebody asked him in the media availability, "What does it feel like to be a black?" Quarterback? No, no, no. It was it was, it was, was that Donovan McNabb? No, no, it was it was a woman in the uh, press conference. It was Doug Williams, it, though, right? Yeah, it was like, yeah. Uh, how long have you been a black quarterback? That was the question. <laughs> right. How long have you been a black quarterback? <laughs> what? Hello? That's unbelievable. But that anyway, is. Russell Wilson's won a Super Bowl. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes won a Super Bowl. So black quarterbacks now have won, multiple ones have won Super Bowls. Patrick Mahomes widely regarded, not unanimously, but widely regarded, as the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I, I just, Rob, I don't think it's there to any significant degree. Again, maybe is there pushback here or there occasionally, some prejudice? Yeah, there's that's a, a lot of places. But I, I don't think it's uh, – I think they overstated it on the shop. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I, I do too. Sometimes you got to be careful, Chris. I know you're in the shop. It's loose and, and, and just you're kind of throwing stuff out. But but I just think that that talk is a little reckless, as you said, when you have so many black quarterbacks, 10 potentially starting next year. Could be a couple more, depending on what they do in San Francisco, right? 
Well, well, that, I count. Are like, you counting him? You're right. Okay. But, but Trey Lance, they moved up. They traded him. draft picks to get him. Justin Fields in Chicago. Right. Jalen Hurts, they had Carson Wentz, a white guy who was, you know, had shown promise. Right. And, and they, they made drafted Jalen Hurts and replaced him with him. Yeah. Obviously, you got Deshaun Watson. Listen to these names. Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson. I mentioned Mahomes, Lamar himself, Kyler Murray. Like, many of the great, not the all the best, because you got Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers and, you know, Justin Herbert and some great white ones too. But a lot of the best quarterbacks in the league now are African-Americans. And as I said, Mahomes is viewed as the best. So, yeah, I, I, I think if you want to address it, Rob, then go to address, we talked about, the coaches <laughs> and the, the executives, but even more so coaches because there are fewer of them than GMs at this point. So uh, that's where I think it should have been.